Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Can we give Jesus one more hand clap of praise in the house? Come on, the best we've got. Amen. So just really quick, I'm going to recap a few things and then we're going to dive into part three today. How many of y'all are ready for the word? Just wave your hand at me. Just amen. So we're going to be dealing with the second coming, part three. This is, uh, we've been in this series now for three weeks. Uh, we've dealt with the, the why. We looked at the most important. We tried to redirect our heart back to what is most important. Um, and that was week one. Week two, we dealt with the what. I actually preached on the whole book of Revelation last week. How many of y'all were here for that? Amen. Went through the whole book of Revelation. They said it couldn't be done, and we did it. We did it. And today, we're going to look at the when. Yeah, this is what everybody asks when it comes to the end time, is, is, is when is Jesus coming back? When is the rapture taking place? When, when, when? Because that's what we're so consumed about, is, is when. And we're going to be dealing with that. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at Jesus' own teaching. If Jesus taught about the end times, we should look at it, right? It's pretty, pretty important. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to the book of Matthew. We're going to look at chapter 24. We're actually going to look at verses 3 through 8, and then we're going to skip down, and we're going to look at verse 36 as our main text today. And if you will, one more time, if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's Word. This is just something we do at our church to honor God's Word. Matthew 24, beginning with the verse 3, if you got it, say, I got it. I got it. If not, it'll be up on the screen. It says this, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, everybody say this next statement with me. When will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming? That's what everybody's saying today. Everybody's wanting to know when, when, when will this happen? When, when, what's the signs? This, that, and the other. It's all about signs. It's all about when. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, Hey, I loved how he answers this too. I think we talked on Wednesday night dealing with this text because he doesn't answer their question directly, does he? He doesn't really answer their question directly. But the first thing he says is, is the thing that he feels like that Jesus knows is the most important thing for them to, to know when it comes to the, to the end times and for the most important thing for us to know when it comes to the end times. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. So there's going to be a lot of what in the last days? Deception. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be famines and earthquakes in various places and these are the beginning of birth pain somebody say the beginning skip down to verse 36 it says this but of that day or hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven nor the son but only who the father father 
Today I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you part three of this message series titled The Second Coming. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the signs of the times. Amen. Stretch your hands this way. Will you just pray God's anointing on me this morning as I proclaim this word? God, I love you. And I praise you, God, for this opportunity to preach your word today. I pray your anointing and your strength, God, in my body this morning. God, let everything I say and everything I do, God, let it be ordained by you. God, let the words that I speak, God, let them be your words, God. Nothing more, nothing less. Let, let them pierce the hearts of this congregation. God, that we wouldn't just be hearers, but doers of your word. And I pray, God, every single Sunday, as I don't want a single person to leave here the same way we walked in. And I give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. So when you start studying the signs of the end times, there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens of events that take place leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We talked about some of those events last week, but all of them, no matter how many events that I could stand up here and talk and preach about from this platform today, every event or every sign, if you will, of the times falls into two major categories. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at those two major categories and then what I want to do is, is show you or show us how we should respond to each one of those two categories. So let's dive into this. The first thing that you need to notice and the first thing that we need to know when it comes to the signs of the times is there's going to be an increase of wickedness. An increase of wickedness if you're taking notes. I want to say this. And just buckle your seatbelt. The bad is going to get worse. How about that? Pastor, I came to be uplifted and edified today. That's coming. But the bad is going to get worse. The evil is going to get more evil. The dark is going to get more dark. And this world is going to be thrown into more and more and more and more chaos. As a matter of fact, Jesus warns us of this in Matthew 24, verses 9 through 13. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated. You will be hated by all nations because of me. They're going to hate you. You know why? Because the world, we've, we see this now, the world hates truth. And when you stand on the truth of God's word... The world hates truth. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. Many will turn away from sound doctrine, from the truth. Many will turn away and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase. There it is. Because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. See, there is our encouragement. Even though the world is becoming more and more wicked, even though it's going to be more and more chaos in the world today, Jesus does give us hope. He says, those who endure or those who stand to the end will be saved. Give him praise right there. 
That word endure, I was reading in my Bible this morning, that word endure is to hold one's ground in conflict. To bear up against adversity. Hold out under stress. Stand firm. Persevere under pressure. Wait calmly and courageously. See, in the world that is in, going to be thrown into more and more chaos, the thing that we need to do and the thing that we need to understand in more and more wickedness, if we want to endure, Jesus said those who endure to the end will be what? Saved. We need to stand calmly and courageously in the face of adversity, in the face of chaos, and understand that our kingdom is not of this world, but our kingdom is of heaven. And it's of God, and it's a kingdom that will not be shaken. And it's a victorious kingdom. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says this, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. That word terrible is actually the same word used to describe the demoniac in the New Testament where they would actually go and he would throw himself he, he, was, he was screeching among the graveyards and, and he couldn't be uh, constrained. He would break the chains and he was so erratic. That's the same word terrible translated in this scripture in 2 Timothy describing the times, the age, the season of the wind, last days. So in other words, we would not do this scripture injustice to actually say there will be demonic times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love unforgiving slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of the good treacherous rash conceited wow does that can you not just look around a little bit and, and, and see just a few of these things in the world today? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. There's the key right there. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Many, the culture that we live in today, the, and when I say culture, I'm talking about the world, the world and the spirit of this world and the spirit of the age that we live in today is more lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And, G and, 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 and the Holy Spirit, through the, the, the author Paul right here, writing to Timothy, he says, have nothing to do with such people. Don't have anything to do with that culture. Don't have anything to do with that spirit. Don't have anything to do with all of these things that I've listed. In other words, don't just be a people, don't be a church having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. I want you to understand something that God showed me about this. It's not that they wasn't godly. It's that they just had a form of godliness. And I could speculate in all different areas right here because... A lot, of, oh, a lot of us have a form of godliness. A lot of us know how to look godly. A lot of us know how to say the godly things I'm about to preach. A lot of us know the right answer to every question when we're asked. A lot of us know 
the, the, we, we have an understanding of godliness and we know how to put on an appearance of godliness but that type of godliness is denying the power that is only come from the spirit of the living God who is within us not about the spirit of this age that is only throwing this world into more and more evil and the Bible says we're only going to worship or serve two masters and so we're either going to be lovers of pleasure lovers of this age lovers of the world and the culture around us or we can be lovers of God as a matter of fact a lot of societies that we learn from in the past most people who are smarter than me would study them and they would say most societies or most empires if you will of the past did not get conquered from an external force but they began to decay or rot from within there has never been a society listen to me there has never been a society in human history that has recovered from the stage that we are in currently in America there has never been a society in human history that has recovered from where we are currently in the, the age that we're in and the culture that we are in, in in America right now here's a quote from the founder of Dubai listen to this my grandfather rode a camel my father rode a camel I ride a Mercedes my son rides a Land Rover my grandson is going to ride a Land Rover but my great-grandson is going to have to ride a camel again he was asked why is this and here's was here's what here, here's his reply hard times create strong men strong men create easy times easy times create weak men and weak men create difficult times many will not understand it but you have to raise warriors and not parasites go ahead and to add to that the historical reality that all great empires the Persians the Trojans the Egyptians the Greeks the Romans and even in latter years later years the British all rose and perished within 240 years they were not conquered by external enemies they rotted from within I don't know if we are a church that's just oblivious to the signs of the times or if we will actually open our eyes and witness that America is currently a nation a society a culture that is really not being conquered by a lot of external forces but America primarily is a nation right now that is rotting from within because of the cultural norms that we have put up with and not spoke out against for all of these years but thank God I'm witnessing some pastors and some churches that's actually getting a backbone in these last days and starting to speak up and speak out against the spirit of this world and the spirit of the age that we're witnessing right now and proclaiming revival among the face of the earth and saying devil you can't have my children devil you can't have my grandchildren devil you can't have my home 
You can't have my marriage. You can't have my business. America's 247 years old. And what makes our generation unique is not the individual signs, but that all signs are happening at one time. You can look back among history and you can see times where individual signs has happened at different times, but in the time that we're living in, it's like all of these things are going on at one time. Two more quick side notes about our current generation. Really two things, uh, two things really quick. We have worldwide satellite technology like never before. As a matter of fact, there's events that the end time that this Bible that you and I read to, if we open up the book of Revelation, we open up the book of Daniel, and we read about end time events, there are certain events in Scripture that Bible says that will be witnessed simultaneously around the world, will be broadcasted. Uh, 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 one of those instances is, is, is the healing of the two prophets that, that come during the, during the time of tribulation. It says the whole world will witness the healing of those, those two prophets. And well, I don't have time to get into all that. Just go home, read, read your Bible, Google it, whatever you want to do. Amen. Or come see me after church and I'll show you that. But never before have we experienced an age or a time where all of these events can be witnessed worldwide at one time until this generation, until this time, the, the technology did not exist up until our current age and our current generation for these worldwide or these events to, to be witnessed worldwide. We also have worldwide financial technology. Now, why is this significant? Reader, pay attention. We have worldwide financial technology, and we all know what is going, the Bible outlines it, what's going to happen in the last days. You're going to have a one-world government, with a one world currency. Everything's gonna fall in. The Bible is clear that there will be a one world government and with that will come a world, one world currency. And never before up until this generation have we had the technology and even the, the I guess the, the, the systems and the structures within politics and government to open the door to these things. But these are signs in the time that we're living in right now that are actually, it's not like they're years and years and years out from being able to put these things into effect. These things are knocking, they're knocking at the door. They're right in front of us. When you have companies in America that would act, that actually the technology already exists for them to put a chip in their hand to pay for things at the vendor and to do to have all of their employee records on a chip that can be implanted into your hand, watch out because we're living in the last days and the signs of the times are right here in front of us and we can just turn a deaf ear and close a blind eye to all the things that's going on around us or we can wake up as a church and say that there's work to do. But take heart, there's not only an increase of wickedness, uh, wickedness, but number two, there will also be an increase of the gospel spreading. So as the wickedness is becoming more wicked, the gospel of Jesus Christ 
It's going to be advanced like never before among the face of this earth. Revival is going to be poured out among the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe the church is going to experience a latter-day glory like we've never experienced before ever recorded in human history. And I want you to just understand something this morning. Everything that's happening in the signs of the times did not take God by surprise. It ain't like God's up there just saying, uh-oh, what am I going to do? And how am I going to respond to all of these things that's happening right now? No, God knew exactly what was coming. And he has created us and purposed us for such a time as this. And it's time the church rises up to the level of authority that we were created to have and be among the face of this earth. Matthew 24 and 14 says, In this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when is it going to happen, Pastor? Then. When the testimony of this gospel is preached to all nations. There has never been a generation that has seen the spread of the gospel like the one that we're living in right now. There has never been a season. Revival is happening right now across the face of the earth. I don't see it. I don't witness it, Pastor. I don't know where you're getting. Well, we'll turn off the mainstream media for a moment. And start, start actually doing your own research and, looking, and look what God is doing among the face of the earth right now. There, there is revival streets in Hollywood are being shut down right now because spontaneous worship is breaking out in the streets. Spontaneous worship is breaking out among the universities of our college campuses. Students are being saved. Students are being baptized. And among our young people, signs and wonders in these last days are taking place. But all of a sudden, we're just sitting here in the church and because we think, we think God is going to we think God is just going to move in this way or he's, gotta, he's, he's just got to move in this box. Listen, honey, the church ain't about the four walls that we're sitting in this morning. The church is you and I. He's going to pour out his glory on the church. But it ain't got to be in a Sunday morning setting like this. It can be, but it ain't got to be. He can do it at the University of Auburn. He can do it in any campus he wants to do it in. He can do it in Walmart if you'll let him. Come on, somebody. He, the Holy Spirit might get a hold of you down at the Greer's parking lot. Start laying hands on people. Praying over them. And revival. Breaking. And see, revival is happening. We are in a worldwide harvest season right now. And I want to go back really quick. I don't know if I want to get through all of this, but I want to go back. And I just want to share with you my heart really quick. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. The church has had it easy. The church has had it easy. We hadn't faced a whole lot of persecution. We hadn't faced a whole lot of resistance. One of the greatest times of resistance in my lifetime that I can think of was 2020, 2021, when they were wanting to tell the churches they needed to close their doors. And we thought that was just, that ain't nothing compared to what other brothers and sisters in Christ have experienced worldwide. 
We've had it easy in America. And you want to know my heart this morning? And I'm not, I'm not questioning your and my love for God. But what I am saying, if it really got difficult, if it really got difficult, what would your life and my life look like in terms of our relationship with Jesus Christ? Would we still be faithful? Those who endure to the end will be saved. Is this pastor setting this church up to endure to the end? Or is this pastor setting up this church to just be a bunch of weak individuals having a form of godliness, denying the power, just going through the motions and saying, well, praise God, I went to church today, and man, it sure was good. I'm going to tell you, and I, I'm not saying that you're not taking this to heart, but this is, this is real stuff that we're talking about. This is real stuff. You know, how many things this, you know how many things this book has been wrong about over the years? None. None. And I don't see any reason for it to start being wrong about anything. And so we're living in this season. No one knows the day or the hour. But Jesus related it to a pregnant lady. I believe we're in the ninth month. I believe we're in the ninth month. The signs, the birth signs are there. How should we respond to these signs? 2 Peter 3, verses 10 through 12 says this. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people, I've read this scripture before in this series, but I want to bring it back up today. What kind of people ought you to be? And then he answers the question. You ought to live holy and godly lives. He gives us two things. Number one, live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God. And number two, speed its coming. Did you know that you could actually speed up the coming of the Lord? Some of y'all are looking at me perplexed right now. We're instructed to. How do we do this? Two quick things. Live holy and godly lives. So number one, follow God, not culture. I'm going to try to land this plane, but it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. Follow God, not culture. Culture changes, but God never changes. Culture changes. Change, culture will try to redefine truth, but God never changes. And while culture is ever-changing, God remains consistent. Matthew 24, 37 through 44. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be or so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving the marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Everybody's just going to be doing their own thing, living life, enjoying pleasure, 
Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding and with, with, with a hand meal. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Somebody say, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. It would have not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Keep watch. Man, I know it's 10 till 11. If you're missing midweek, you're missing out on some powerful moments. We talked about this at midweek. Keep watch. Watch your words. Watch your attitude. Watch your temptations. Watch your character. And watch your household. In a world that is becoming more and more evil, we need to keep watch. We need to be ready. We need to follow God, not culture. And last but not least, everybody stand. I got, I got to bring this to a close. We've got to make an eternal difference with our lives. We've got to make an eternal difference with our lives. As we follow God, not culture, it is our opportunity, it is our pleasure, it is our responsibility to make an eternal difference. You're either going to build up one of two kingdoms. You're either going to build up your own kingdom or you're going to build up the kingdom of heaven. You're either going to build up your own kingdom and you're going to do things for your glory or you're going to do things for his glory. 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This is what we are to do. We are to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ so that everyone will come to repentance. If there's one person in your circle, in your sphere of influence that does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are to be relentless never relent never relent never give up never lose heart constantly share constantly make a difference make an eternal impact in every single person's life around you until Jesus comes here's what God's laid on my heart today I'm just going to pray over you we're going to be dismissed but I want to I want to close with a specific prayer I want to pray that God will prepare your heart for what he's about to do on the face of this earth specifically when it comes to the church. The, the topic that I'm going to preach on next week is revival. Period. Revival. And I'm going to use this scripture. Acts 1, 6 through 8. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world I've got an agenda next week and I'm going to pray about it I'm going to ask God God, if it's your will, let it be done but I'm ready to see some people baptized in the Holy Spirit in this church praise God for salvation we've had almost 250 salvations in this church this year year to date But I'm ready to see some people baptized in the Holy Ghost. Receive power.
not just have a form of godliness, but I want to be a church full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's all bow our heads. God, I love you, and I thank you for this day, God. I praise you, God, for this opportunity that we had to come into your house today. And I pray, God, that you would take this word and do with it that that only you can, Father. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that hearts would be changed. God, that we would be receptive to what you have in store in these last days. And God, I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here at Forward today. Can't wait to see you back here for a minute. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.